Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The 11 to 1 Show. Over one third of mothers admitted to regretting becoming a mom. Statistics highlighting the unspoken reality many women and mothers are experiencing. More on this after Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart and LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you and we are going to be delving into a discussion around maternal mental health because new research has revealed that over one third of mothers have admitted to regretting becoming a mom. I don't know about you, but when I hear that, I think I have a little bit of a sense of relief wash over me. Why relief? Well, because I'm not the only one, you know, and this is the thing. There's not enough discussion around this because there's a huge stigma around all these things to do with motherhood. We're not allowed to say these things out loud. We're not given permission to speak about how we truly feel when it comes to this, you know, gift that we're supposed to have. And don't get me wrong, it absolutely is a gift, but it is hard. And this survey is revealing startling statistics. That's not the only one. Almost 90% admitted that their reality of motherhood felt much harder. This is all research conducted by our first guest this morning, who's going to be joining us, Laura Guckian. She is Mind Mommy Coaching. And she very much went through her own experiences of mental health difficulties after having her children. And there is this need out there, I think, to be this perfect mother which doesn't exist. And when I think back, particularly to actually to both really, to both of my children when I had both of them, if I think back to the to the times and, you know, what I went through, if I had known back then that over one third of mothers will be struggling in this way, you know, 90% admitting that the reality was that it was hard. 92%, a massive 92% of uh, people um, surveyed saying that they struggled with their mental health. Well, I think that it would have provided maybe me with some comfort, a little bit of, OK, this is normal to feel this. This is maybe, you know, it, like I shouldn't beat myself up so much about feeling this. I should reach out and look for support with regards to this, because let me tell you, there was so many tough times. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, when you have a newborn or, you know, a, a child that's very, very young 
and they cry constantly and you feel like you've done everything for this child and they won't stop crying and you're sitting there and all you're doing, all you can do in that moment because you've rocked this child enough, you've fed this child, you've changed this child. All you can do is put the child down, put your own hands in your ears and rock yourself back and forth because you don't know what to do with this child. That is the reality for a lot of women going through this, going through motherhood, going, why is this so hard? Why do I feel alone in this? Who should I ask for help? Should I ask for help? No, I shouldn't ask for help because I'm supposed to be able to cope. I'm supposed to be able to do all these things. And this is the pressure that is put on women. It really is. The research was carried out Amongst 2,000 mothers across Ireland and the UK, it's really taking a deep dive into the mental health of women during the years of motherhood. And we're not just talking about those newborn stages. We're talking about all stages. And one thing that's uh, coming out of this as well is a total of 90%, so 90% of moms said their experience is one of an unequal sharing of responsibilities when it comes to carrying that mental load. I have spoken about this numerous times on the show. It is exhausting living in my head. And I would say a lot of women out there who are moms as well are the same. There's a constant checklist that we have to go through. Have I done this? Have I done that? Is there something out, you know, say, remember like the last week I forgot to defrost the meat. There was nobody else thinking about defrosting the meat. That's just one light example with regards to this. The mental load is huge. So we're going to be delving into all of this. If you are uh, a mom right now, whatever stage you're at, and uh, you are, you know, maybe having challenges, difficulties like we all are. This is for you. And please do get involved as well. We love to hear from you. 086 1800 658. Lewis Capaldi with Bruises and LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, today it is time for Grace Tierney to return for Wacky Word Foolery. She's going to be joining us on the show later on. And there's very much a Halloween themed word foolery. And every time that Grace is on, we do have a mystery word. And I have a great book up for grabs as well. All the details of that on the way. Plus, we've got music from Dua Lipa. <laughs> 11 to 1 show. Word Foolery Wednesday today and later on author Grace Tierney will be giving us the fascinating and very interesting histories behind Halloween themed words and as always she has given us a mystery word and it is a mouthful uh, now just before we get to the mystery word let's tell you what's up for grabs because if you can guess the meaning of our mystery word without googling you will get your hands on Brian Dowling and Arthur Gurlian, uh, their book. Oh my God, how are we going to get through this? Modern Family, it's called. Okay, so we have the book up for grabs, as you know, uh, that Brian and Arthur, they had their first child via surrogate. Their sister, uh, Brian's sister, Aoife, acted as the surrogate and baby Blake came into their lives in September 2022. But in the book, Brian and Arthur detailed their long journey separately and together before finally realising the dream of creating their own very happy family. So their book is up for grabs. You need to tell me what does this mean? Gargulesthesia. Gargulesthesia. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not. But <laughs> we're going to give it a go. I'll spell it for you. G-A-R-G-A-L-E-S-T-H-E 
E-S-I-A. Gargolesthesia. Say it with confidence, Sinead. Gargolesthesia. <laughs> what do we think it is? Is it, you know, the inability to gargle? That's all I have. Could that be what this means? I don't know. I want your suggestions and you could get your hands on the book. What do we think Grace's mystery word means? Really, we want the wrong answers. The more hilarious, the better. Don't forget to put your own details on them. 086-1800-658. The only rule is you cannot Google that. So gargalesthesia. What are we thinking that means? It could, look, it could be more Halloween themed than what I've said, you know, with the inability to gargle. <laughs> 086-1800-658 Dua Lipa, dance the night. Is it gargling anaesthetic when you have a sore throat? Okay, gargalesthesia. Yeah, we're going literal there, Graeme, but I love it. Yeah, 086-1800-658. Would it be the study of gargoyles? Oh, or the fear of gargoyles, the statues? I'm loving that now too because I see where you're going. Gargle, gargoyle. It is Halloween themed. Yes. Okay. Okay. That could be good. That could be on the right track. Keep them coming in. 086-1800-658. We've got Brian Dowling and Arthur Garillion's book up for grabs. Uh, Modern Family. Gargalesthesia. What does it mean? Always a heavenly day when we have a mystery word because your messages brighten up the day so much on 0861800658. Do keep them coming in. Now, getting back to our main topic this morning, new research into mothers and their mental health now with Laura Guckian from Mind Me Mammy or Mind Mammy Life Coach. So she, she's going to join us next. The 11 to 1 show. With Gilmore's, your Mercedes-Benz. LMFM. Over one third of mothers have admitted to regretting becoming a mom. This is according to new research carried out by Mind Mammy Coaching. The research uh, dealt with 2,000 mothers across Ireland and the UK and it takes a deep dive into the mental health of women during the years of motherhood. Joining me now to discuss the results of the survey is a woman who knows all too well how difficult motherhood can be. She left the corporate world of marketing after becoming a mother herself and then set up coaching practice aimed at supporting mothers. Laura Guckian, life coach at Mind Mammy Coaching, joins me on the line. You're very welcome, Laura. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. I'm delighted to have you on this show and I'm so glad you've done this research because to hear that a third of mothers have admitted to regretting becoming a mother is huge. It means that, you know, all those extremely confusing feelings that I experienced around the time of my children being born are more normalised and there's a little bit less shame, I suppose, that I have attached to something like this when I hear that a lot of women experience this. Absolutely. And and I would actually say that that figure is probably higher because I regularly do research on my Instagram page, Mind Mommy Coaching, and it normally comes back more like 60 to 70 percent. So unfortunately, that figure doesn't surprise me. It makes me incredibly sad. And I think it just further highlights the challenges of motherhood and the sheer lack of support out there. Oh, completely. It really does. So was this what prompted the research? Was it through sort of, you know, clients that you see all the time or through the Instagram that prompted you to delve further into this? Yeah, and like, and I always say this, I have the privilege of talking to mums every day, either my clients in my coaching practice or, or on Instagram, on my Instagram community. So I know all of this, but other women don't know. And a lot of mums are sitting there 
finding it hard, feeling guilty, feeling overwhelmed. And they feel like they're completely alone. So I really, with this research, I wanted to lift the lid in it and go, you know what? You're not actually alone. This is completely normal. And it's, we need to start talking about it. Because until we do, one, women are going to continue to feel like they're alone. And when we feel like we're alone in motherhood, it kind of goes inwards. I'm doing it wrong. Must be something wrong with me. And also, it takes the responsibility away from more support being in the community. Because if we continue to go with the false narrative that motherhood is amazing all the Mm. time, then there's no pressure to go, wait a minute, no, no, no. For lots of reasons that I have looked into through Mind Mommy Coaching, it is one of the most challenging times of our lives from a psychological perspective. So we need more support. I'm just one poor person and my mommy coaching, while I have supported over three and a half thousand women, we need more. Oh, we totally do. And I, I, I'm i so glad you brought up false narratives because there are so many around this. There really are, which we'll delve, delve into a little bit further. But give us an idea then of the questions that you were asking in the research. Yeah, so this really was around trying to get a real clear picture of maternal mental health. So this is a survey conducted among almost 2,000 mums across Ireland and the UK all stages of motherhood, and really I wanted them to share their honest experience, how they're feeling, you know, and I think over 92% said they've experienced a mental health struggle since becoming Mm -hmm. a mum. Again, I believe that's higher. (laughs) Um, You know, 90% admitted that their reality of motherhood felt much harder than they imagined. 81% said they've experienced an increase in anxiety. So again, none of these surprise me. It's incredibly sad. But I think it's so important we start talking about it and not feeling like we're alone. There's no shame. It doesn't mean you're a bad mum. You can feel all of this and be a good mum. It's just that, as as the press release said, that you saw what village? Yes. The village is gone. They say there's never been a harder time to be a mum since World War Two, And I firmly believe that for many, many reasons. And I really feel like we're the generation of mums that need to drive the change so that our daughters don't have the same experience. Oh, absolutely. And that is immediately what struck me with the press release that was sent out about the research, what village? And it's the old phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, but that's the biggest load of rubbish. There's no village. And, uh, you know, all people, what they do now is they want to come and hold the baby when you're only in the door from hospital. And after a week or two, people think, oh, sure, she's grand. And we're not grand. Do you think this idea of community rallying around women you know like there's there's just not enough of it not even say from I would say you know going back to even like the the, the public health nurse they, they only visit you for so long because they are stretched as well in terms of what they're doing Absolutely and I think it's something I, I talk about all the time with the work I do through Mind Mommy Coaching is we need to change how we support mums from pregnancy right through to like teenage years and if you look at in Ireland in particular our antenatal programs are it's all focused on care of the baby and labour and delivery which has to happen yeah. but where's the education on you know matrescence I don't know if you've ever heard the term matrescence no. but it's like adolescence but when you become a mum so it's a process we go through as women when we become mums it can last for up to 10 years at a really high level it means we're at our most vulnerable from a psychological perspective a lot of hard things happen. But the difference is, when we went through adolescence, we were sort of supported, you know, not not hugely, but yeah. by society, through our education, through our family. It's kind of expected the teenage years are tricky. Yes, but so is matrescence. And our 
support for mums does not reflect that. There's no education about that in our pregnancy support. There's no education on how do you navigate this and support yourself through it. And that's why I wanted to set up Mind Mommy Coaching, to educate women and give them the tools they need to navigate all of these challenges throughout motherhood. Because I was speaking to uh, another radio station yesterday and one of the presenters had older kids and she's like, it doesn't get easier. And, And she's right, because every stage of motherhood brings a new challenge. But again, we don't know what to do. There's no rule book. So my whole philosophy is about helping mums understand that it's essential to take care of themselves um, and to put their needs first and to build up their reserves because I can't take the challenges of motherhood away, but I can help mums feel stronger and give them the tools they need to navigate that overwhelm, that guilt, the, the lack of time, the pressure, all of these things. And, and when you say that, put yourself first, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot and there is a lot of conversation around the need for mums to fill up their own cup. But immediately when you say that, I get a pit of anxiety in my stomach going, sorry, what? What, what I want of all the time for all this other stuff. Yeah, that and that's what done. I do. That, see, that's the difference of what I do. I absolutely hate the word self-care. It's a dirty word, yeah. right? And it's yeah. just... It suggests that maybe like a bubble bath or a walk would fix this. It suggests you need to be doing extra. And the reality is mums don't have time. So the work I do at Mums Through Mind Mommy Coaching is more about the relationship they have with themselves. Because we all have limited reserves in a day. But for what I see with my clients, it's not necessarily the practical stuff that's draining that. It's that little inner critic. It's that mental load. It's the, I'm not good enough. I should have done this. I should have done that. What's the checklist for tomorrow? The guilt. So I sort of give them the tools to just shut that inner critic up um, and, and be more present in the moment. Because... When that's happening, it's like an app running on your phone. It's draining your energy. Mm. And when our reserves are depleted or low, everything is harder. We're exhausted. We're frustrated. We don't have the capacity to deal with like the big emotions of our children. Everything's harder. So my goal is to help mums kind of build their reserves a little bit, but it's not doing the traditional stuff we're told. Because I remember when I became a mum, and that's probably part of the reason why I set up Mind Mommy Coaching. Yeah. Really struggled with my mental health. I won't go into it in detail, but was shouting for help. There was no mm-hmm. help there. I ended up going into a psychiatric hospital for two months. And I say this so openly now because so many mums have had the same experience. Yeah. And they told me this isn't postnatal depression. We don't know what it is. So I sort of, that's what inspired me to do this. I was like, wait a minute. I need to figure out why and I need to figure out how to support mums. And at the time... I was doing everything we're told to do, you know, go for a walk, Mm. eat well, yoga, meditation, journaling. And they can all be amazing supports if they help you. But none of them helped me. So that's when I really went into the place of what do I need and want versus what I think I should do. And that's what I help my mums do through my mommy coaching. What do you need and want? How can you give yourself permission to do it? What are the practical changes that we need to make in your life so that you feel happier? Because if you're happy and your reserves are full, everything instantly feels easier. That penny's dropping with me now, as you're saying, because all of these things that I would kind of turn to as well, like meditation, like journaling, what you're describing there. And you're so right. Sometimes they bloody well don't work. And that I think that that's really important that people know that, that there's different ways of looking after yourself. And as you say, you, you can guide people through that. I think as well... Um, 
you know, when I when I think back kind of to, you know, some of the, the stuff that I would have experienced, particularly after my, my, my second child, when I look at these statistics, it makes me extremely sad to say that a whopping yeah. 90% say, um, you know, or 92%, sorry, say that they experienced mental health difficulties. But half of those did not seek help. Yeah. That actually really hits me in the, the, the core of my being when I hear something like that. Uh, what are the reasons around that? Is it again around stigma, around shame? I think there's a lot of reasons and I see it with my clients all the time that they might say, I've been feeling like this for a year or two. I think there's a few things. Um, I definitely think it's the stigma and shame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I admit I'm finding this hard, then does that mean I'm a bad mum? No, that's rubbish. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not. I think there's also the fear of, and I think this is very much an Irish thing because I've worked with clients in Ireland, the UK, America, and it's definitely with Irish mums and British mums, this sense of, you know, I can't feel like this because Mary down the road has it worse or I should uh, be grateful yeah. because yeah. I have these wonderful children and I have this amazing partner and I'm financially secure. I shouldn't feel like this. And I always say, if you put your hand into boiling water, you for not for a second would say, oh my goodness, should I be finding this hot? Yeah. I shouldn't be complaining that this is burning my hand because, you know, Mary also has her hand in it. If you're feeling it, it's real and it's valid and it does not need to be justified. And I think that's a massive part of it. Women just not giving themselves permission to say, this is really hard and it's mm. okay to say it's hard and I deserve support. And I think it doesn't surprise me that they haven't sought help. No, it, it doesn't. Mm. Mm. And I think that's so right when you put it like that. You know, we do, we kind of have this constant comparison and all sorts of things, whether it's she's a better mother than me to, oh, she's got more to be worrying about than me. You're absolutely right. Can we talk as well about the the unequal sharing of responsibilities and Mm. also around the need, I think, for employers particularly to be more flexible and more understanding for, for working mothers? Because... You know, we're trying to have it all, a phrase I absolutely hate. Um, But, you know, we're sitting here in work going, what will I do if the school rings, if the childminder rings, if the creche rings? How am I going to get out of X, Y and Z? This is a constant thing that working mothers have to be. It's not I'm not going to say it's in the back of the mind because it's in the forefront of the mind during the working day. That's a big thing. And also it's this unequal sharing of that you know that's that's hugely draining yeah and like the first thing to pick apart there is the unequal mental load and again Mm. I see it time and time again with my clients so I always try to give them the tools very often what drives that is the lack of clarity on what actually needs to happen in a day right so it can all feel really overwhelming. We have our, our careers if we're working outside the home. We have our household management, as I put it. We have our children. We have all of these things. So I think the first step to that is we need to get clarity on what exactly is that mental load for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> what part of it actually needs to happen? What part of it is just driven by pressure? And then when you know that, it's about sitting down with your partner and going, right, this is what needs to happen. This is where I need your support. Can that work for you? Because very often, and we can be guilty of this as women, we take it on. Oh, I do. We, I, I will absolutely <laughs> agree with you there. And as you're even saying it again, another penny's dropping where I'm going, why do I not sit down with my husband and go through this stuff? Yeah, and yeah. like the poor creatures, we, we give out about them, but <laughs> yeah. sometimes they're oblivious. They don't Completely. actually know 
what's going on? And like me and my husband now, we, we have a really tight schedule. Like we really run the house <laughs> on a system because we've three kids. There has to be a way to do it. And on that about the, the corporate space, and, and I do this with a lot of, I work with corporates, you know, and doing talks and workshops and it comes up time and time again. You know, how do I support women in the workplace? How do I retain this key talent? Mm. And we use the word flexibility a lot, and it definitely is flexibility, but I think it's even more simple than that. Like, I did research before, and I think it's even on this research, what's the thing you worry about most at work? It wasn't performance. It wasn't, you know, delivering their role. It was if the crash rings, Yeah. right? That's a very simple thing to overcome if there's conversations happening with senior management saying, right, this will happen. It's not an if. If that happens, I need to be able to log on at eight o'clock and do my work. I don't want to be stressing about this all the time. So I think there's massive work that needs to be done in the corporate space in terms of flexibility, in terms of recognizing mums are vulnerable in the workplace, Mm -hmm. um, helping them transition back into the workplace. And that's kind of the difference of the support I provide to corporate clients. It's more coming at it from that perspective than the high performance. Yeah. If like if you want something done properly, ask the mother to do it. We are the most efficient people at time um, because we don't have it. Yeah. And we're, we're great. At, we are great at, at multitasking, but we do need that. And as you say, you know, and very rightly, it, that mother that is going off to collect that child, believe you me, they are not dossing for the afternoon. They are stressing about how they're going to get that work finished and often logging on at night, as you say, and that needs to be recognised yeah. as well. Laura, I, I could talk about this all day. I really could. But how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to work with you? Sure. So I have a really active Instagram community. Yep. If you come and follow me there, there's almost 34,000 moms at Mind Mommy Coaching. So it's Mind M-O-M-M-Y Coaching. Yep. Check out my website, mindmommycoaching.com. And yeah, if you come to Instagram, drop me a DM and say hi, because it's really a community where you'll feel seen, heard and supported. Fantastic. And Laura, thank you so much for joining us and for conducting this research. I think the first step with all of this is to, to be open about it and to have these conversations. And it's through the conversations that change can, can happen. So thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks a million. Laura Gucky in there, uh, as she said, Mind Mommy Coaching. Okay, you'll find her on Instagram and also online as well. The 11 to 1 show. We're going back in time now very shortly and today is a day dedicated to probably the best sandwich ever. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1978, fantastic classic horror film Halloween was directed by John Carpenter starring Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis that was her film debut and it was released on this day in 1978 and today is crisp sandwich day yes when two bread pieces of bread contain just meat or cheese it's just basic but when you include delicious potato crisps there's a whole new reason to celebrate so crisp sandwich day is here to show appreciation for everything related to this fun and simple little treat LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Still to come, author Grace Tierney is back with the Halloween-themed word foolery and I have a great competition for you. The 11 to 1 show. L-M-F-M.
How would you like to go along to a fabulous Halloween party? I have tickets up for grabs. Stay tuned. All the details on the way. Avicii, wake me up on LMFM's 11 to 1. It's competition time. If you're looking for something to do this Halloween weekend, you might be interested in this. It's a Halloween fancy dress party. It's happening on Sunday from 4pm till 6.30 at the Gourmet Food Parlour in Dinshockland. Wait till you get this right. Unlimited mimosas. Her Royal Cocktails, sharing platters and prizes for the best fancy dress. The tickets are worth €90. I'm giving you the chance to win a set of tickets for this. And all you have to do is figure out, what am I dressing up for? Or dressing up as, sorry, for the party. Okay, so this is my description of my costume. So, I have a long black cape. It ties at the neck. I've slicked my hair back with gel. I've painted my face white. I'm wearing a sort of red velvet waistcoat, a white shirt and black trousers. I have some fake fangs with food colouring to look like blood on it. I'm ready to go. But what am I dressed up as? 86 658 It's kind of a classic Halloween monster, really. Some people might say... Don't go out in the sunlight in this. You know what I mean? Garlic as well might affect me. Come on, I'm giving this away. 086-1800-658. For more details on this fantastic event happening, you can check out gourmetfoodparlour.com forward slash Halloween. So it's all happening on Sunday from 4 to 6.30pm at the Gourmet Food Parlour in Dunshockland. I want you to go along, but what am I dressed up as? 086-1800-658. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Olivia Rodrigo took to Jimmy Kimmel Live to perform a live version of Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl. Here's how it sounded. Nicki Minaj's new perfume, named after her upcoming album Pink Friday 2, will be released on Amazon on December 13 and in stores on December 26. Kylie Minogue is front cover of the next Rolling Stone magazine. She's been asked about the Padam Padam memes, and here's what she said. One of my favourites was Hobbycraft. It just cracked me up. Hobby, Hobbycraft in Wimbledon, London went for it. I thought, that must have been a slow day. I hope their boss was happy with that. The Lego recreation of the video was incredible. The attention to detail, like having the car come behind the window and in frame. He built a set. It was an entire set. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Wacky word foolery, a Halloween themed word foolery coming our way very shortly. But first, back to the music. My 
Michael Jackson, black or white on LMFM's 11 to 1. We are going to be talking word foolery shortly and I have a book up for grabs. It is Modern Family by Brian Dowling and Arthur Gurulian. Can't even say that. Never mind the mystery word. But you need to tell me what is the meaning of the mystery word this week. And you cannot Google it. Okay, so gargalesthesia. What are we calling this? What are we thinking it means? Gargalesthesia. Fear of gargoyles has been the running theme. uh, But do keep your suggestions coming in. You can't Google. The most hilarious, the better, really, is what we're looking for. 086-1800-658. We're going to have word foolery with Grace Tierney next. It's time for Word Foolery Wednesday. Word Foolery Wednesday on LMFM with Grace Tierney. Word Foolery Wednesday. Yes, it's time for more Word Foolery, the time of the month where we explore the fascinating origin stories behind words we use all the time and words we should use more often. And this month, our words are spooky themed because Halloween's approaching. And I'm delighted to have author Grace Tierney on the line. How are you getting on, Grace? I'm very well. It's lovely to talk to you. Great to have you. Are you all set now for the trick-or-treaters next week? Uh, yes, there's quite a quantity of uh, candy, as they'd say in, in the States. <laughs> it's being hidden from the family, so they don't eat it before the smaller kids arrive. Well, listen, so that's the tricky part. Yeah, this is the thing. And normally in our house, I have to hide it from myself because it's me. <laughs> it's me that's going to eat it. Uh, but getting to some of our spooky words. And uh, for those who missed it earlier on, we do have a mystery word, gargalesthesia. Say it with confidence, Sinead, and you'll just pretend it's sounding right. Uh, what, does that, <laughs> what does that mean? 086-1800-658 and we have Modern Family up for grabs a great book by Brian Dowling uh, now, so we're going to Revenant so tell us about this well I'm hoping you might actually know more about Revenant than I do because I know you love the cinema I do uh, so I suspect you've probably watched that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio well, which you know I what? haven't seen yet well the Leonardo DiCaprio did pop into my head as soon as I saw this word but would you believe it it is one of those ones that I oh, look I just I have to get to it you know I should really have seen it Fair. by now but I actually haven't because I you know it's kind of it's one of those ones where you kind of really need to strap in now and sort of settle yourself for agony and uh, <laughs> grief yeah, and hardship I, it, I don't think it's I, I, I'm guessing it doesn't have a feel good ending no, but no. you know maybe I'm wrong <laughs> uh, but look we've got longer nights now coming in and uh, maybe you could watch that yes. instead of a horror one at Halloween or whatever um, I'm actually kind of surprised they went with that title for the movie to be perfectly honest because they do have a habit of changing titles to easier words like they'll they'll test the titles and if people go what does that mean then they won't use it but uh, they got around it with this one because the movie poster actually featured the definition uh, so it said noun one who has returned as if from the dead and in fact their definition was slightly wrong so just saying Hollywood doesn't get everything <laughs> right Kel surprise because um, the American dictionary Merriam-Webster uh, gives the different version so it says a revenant is one who returns from a long absence or death mm-hmm. so i I think, you know, it's similar, but not really the same. Um, and by that definition, Schwarzenegger's uh, Terminator with his whole I'll be back line oh, yeah. is technically a revenant as well because oh, he comes back. Do you know what I mean? Um, and dictionary.com expands it even further. It says it can be a ghost or a spirit. So that brings in vampires as well, I reckon. So revenant is quite a big term. It covers a lot of strange creatures at this time of year. Oh, it's a um, great one. Yeah. It is. It is a good, it's a useful word and not one I use often. Um, it actually comes to us from the French, so not the Americans. Uh, it comes from the verb revenir, uh, which some of you might remember from studying French in school. It's the verb to return. 
So that's why we have it coming back. And ultimately from Latin, re meaning again and veneer meaning to come. So uh, revenant started being used in French in the 1830s and I guess it gradually made its way into English. But uh, there's a lovely side note for, um, I don't know if you like Daphne du Maurier, but I, I think her novels are great and lots of them have been made into movies, including Rebecca, which has been done multiple oh, times. I love Rebecca, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's such a good story. It's really so good creepy. Story. Yeah. It's a good, good creepy read for this time of year. Um, but the boat that belonged to the wife, it was the earlier wife that's no longer with us that was called Rebecca and uh, her boat was called Je Reviens I Will Return so she was a bit of a revenant as well so it's all very spooky in Hollywood it is all very spooky in Hollywood I'm loving that and I'm going to remember that now when I'm watching Rebecca again now perhaps the most scary word of all this will strike fear and horror into the hearts of all of us mortgage (laughs) Yeah, I know. You got such a laugh when I told you I was putting mortgage into the Halloween list. Uh, But it is a scary word um, for multiple different reasons. Uh, Yes, obviously, most homeowners uh, will have had that scary moment at some stage. Um, However, it's also linked to death and probably not in the way that you might think. Um, So a mortgage is such a boring definition, but I'll give it to you in full. Formally defined as a legal agreement by which a bank or building society, etc. lends money at interest in exchange for taking title of the debtor's property with the condition that the conveyance of title becomes void upon the payment of the debt. Now, there you go. In case you didn't know what a mortgage was. (laughs) Um, But basically, the person that lends you the money or the institution owns your house until you finish paying off the debt. Now, that's not really how you feel when you're paying it, hopefully. But some days, my God, all oh, of us yeah. hate it. Yeah. Uh, so we've got the French to blame for this one. Well, with a little help from the Romans, I guess. Uh, it comes into English in the late 1300s. Now, I don't know if people, maybe people didn't borrow that much money before then or it wasn't as formal. But uh, the English borrowed the word anyway. They took it directly from Old French where it was mort gage. Uh, So there is a silent T in mortgage. If you think about how it's actually spelt, there is a silent T. And it translates directly as dead pledge. Oh, God. Such a great translation. Yeah. So mort, we'll do both of them. Mort is the French word for dead. You'll also find it in English words like mortal and immortal. Um, The French word mort comes from the Latin root word mortis, dead, and the verb mori, to die. So you have a memento mori, that's a little remembrance of the dead. It's all to do with death. Um, before that, it comes from a proto-Indo-European root word, mer, which means to rub away or oh. to die. And I quite like that because I think that maybe lends into the gangster slang of rubbing out your enemies, yes. you're raising people yes. in death. I think that's kind of an interesting way of thinking of it. Now, the second half of mortgage, gage or gauge, means pledge. So this could be a pledge of battle, a pledge of security or a pledge of payment, which, of course, is what we're talking about in mortgage. Now, the mortgage was called a dead pledge because the deal itself dies when the debt is paid or when payment falls and the lender takes the home permanently. It doesn't mean that you have to keep paying until you die, although anybody who's ever paid a mortgage will admittedly have that feeling (laughs) at some point. But no, it means that the mortgage itself dies when it's paid off. I love that. There you go. Now we have a new appreciation for the word mortgage. It doesn't make it any less scary, though, I have to be said. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help. (laughs) I think it makes it worse. It makes it worse. (laughs) Uh, So we have another one. A great one. If you're a fan of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you have Slay in here. 
I do. I, I love this word. And I love the fact that it's having a revival. I it don't know is. if you're aware of this, but it's, it's there's a teenager in my house and she quite likes to use the word slay, slay to praise, yeah. Oh, yeah. Slay, yeah. slay the day away and all this stuff, right? Yeah. So it's for praising something or somebody as being excellent. Uh, everything from a terrifying Halloween costume to a terrific verbal put down. Uh, Urban Dictionary, which is quite a good resource for slang type words and where they've come from. But like it's very difficult to keep up with slang because it moves yeah. so quickly. So they fast, think yeah. the association is thanks to the slang idea of killing it. You know, oh, you killed that song or oh, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then you're slaying it so that it's a sort of a sideways movement for that. Um, however, slay is totally old. <laughs> it's not modern at all. The teenagers so, won't like this now. They won't like this oh, at all. Well, you know, I, I think it has a bit, a few fun bits to it, but I like that it's got a new life as well. Yes. So in Old English, you had versions that were both a verb or a noun. So the noun slay, which is spelled slightly differently, but said the same, was a tool that was used by weavers. So uh, they would beat down the weft threads on their loom into shape. OK, so it's a weaving tool, basically. And it came from a root word about striking something. And it also gives us a really fun old surname, Slaymaker. Oh. So you could be called Mr. Slaymaker or Miss Slaymaker or Buffy Miss Slaymaker. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that was originally somebody who made the sleigh tools for the weaving trade. So that, like back then you might have Smith or baker as surnames and we still have them today yes. but there were sleigh makers as well i don't know if there's any sleigh makers still in existence but if they are i suppose they can message in oh, and tell dude. us that they're still there yes let us um, know any slayers out there <laughs> yeah absolutely um so the verb form then is different so it's spelled slightly differently it was slen and came from sleen in old english but again it comes back to striking or killing with a weapon and from a root word, slahan, uh, I think, uh, to hit, which yields similar words in Old Norse, Frisian, uh, Danish, Dutch, German, Gothic, like loads of the Northern European languages have words about hitting that are related to this. And in modern German, you'll still find the verb schlangen to strike. So slay had loads of different meanings in Old English. It was quite a, quite a busy verb used in lots of different ways. So in the mid 1300s, you could be slayed by overwhelming delight, uh, which, you know, is maybe coming in with the slang meaning now that yeah. you, it's a positive thing. But you could also slay weapons by forging them, slay a tent by pitching it, slay the harp by playing it, or slay coins by stamping them. Oh. So it was a really important verb for anything that was a vigorous striking action, you would say slaying. Uh, although it does really make me wonder if harp playing was a lot more violent <laughs> yeah. back then. I, don't know. I was just going to bring you, circle you back to the harp playing going, sorry, what now? Slay. She's really slaying <laughs> it on that harp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no gentle finger movements. It's all head banging and it's all that kind of yeah, uh, conjures absolutely. up with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving that. Okay, slay, fantastic word that, you know, if you want to sound cool as well now, you can, you know, we've, yeah. we've helped you today. You can relate to your teenager. Uh, pumpkin, which we'll all be carving hopefully very soon. Yes. Now, I'm going to test your knowledge here, Sinead, okay. because this was a surprise to me and I suspect it will be to you. Where do you think pumpkins actually come from? Well, you see, I was going to say like, you know, America straight away. But now that you've said that, I'm kind of going, definitely, it's probably not America. Yeah, it's not America. Any other guesses? No. Oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think of like the climate that's required to grow pumpkins. Um, no, I'm drawing a blank. Where where do they yeah, come from? I know. And look, 
we, we grow them here. There's yeah, a few yeah. farmers in the area that grow pumpkins. Um, yeah, not America. And I was so stunned because yeah. they're very associated with Native American culture as well. Mm. So they're around a long time in North America, but no, nothing to do with the Americans. Well, they have a slight hand, but towards the end. So pumpkin actually has origins in Greece and Mexico. Greece! The old, yes, wow. Greece. Okay. Greece and Mexico, right? The oldest botanical evidence for pumpkins were seeds that they found in Mexico that dated to 6,000 BC. So we've had pumpkins for a long, long time. Wow. Um, but their name, however, actually comes from Greece, not from Mexico. So the Greek word pepon means a large melon. And anybody that's into gardening will know that melons, courgettes, squash, pumpkins, they're all the same family. They're all these kind of gourd type things. Mm. Um, and they reckon that word originates from peptine, meaning to cook or ripen. Uh, this passed through Latin then as peponum and hence to Middle French as pompon. Uh, from French, the word entered English as pumpion in the 1500s. And by the middle 1600s, with help from a few American col colonialists or co colonists, yes, colonists, um, they'd found the resting place as pumpkin because then they have their pumpkins over in America. Less than a decade later, we've got references to pumpkin pie. So pumpkin pie actually goes way back. That is a uh, fire back. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's quite good. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if I've ever actually had pumpkin pie. I've had pecan pie and that was lovely. Anyway, these days, of course, we grow pumpkins in Ireland and obviously in lots of other countries too. Uh, and having exported the Festival of Halloween to North America, which we're very proud of, we're mm -hmm. also quite happy to import the idea of pumpkin lanterns as a little thank you, because basically they're a lot easier to carve than turnips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how Irish people, I mean, they must have had like, you know, incredible upper body strength and arm strength to carve turnips of all things. <laughs> I'm also wondering how any of our ancestors retained any fingers. Like yeah. if I tried to do that, there'd, yeah. there'd be blood everywhere. Yeah. Like it, it really would be authentic Halloween. Like, but, yeah. You know. <laughs> so that's pumpkin for us now. We're moving to our mystery word. And I'm going to get back to some of the suggestions coming in on 086-1800-658. Gargalesthesia. What are we thinking? Uh, is it to walk like an old woman? Or is it a ghost that can't walk? Or is it just a fussy old git? Says one message coming in from Clauda. I'm loving that, Clauda. Uh, lots of people on the fear of gargoyles, as I mentioned. Um, is it the name of the mystery pink liquid dentists give you to gargle? Oh, I love that. I love that. That makes so much. I, honestly, if I'd been guessing this one, which in fairness I wasn't because I had the definition from the beginning, but I would have been thinking gargling. Yes. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Well, I, I kind of said, you know, is it someone that ca kind of can't gargle? That's what I said at the start. Sinead, is it someone yeah. that kills weeds in your garden? Says Anne. Mm, interesting. Uh, John says, every time, John. John says, uh, it sounds like a group of lads that went on a bender on the gargle, you know what I mean, for a week and are suffering from them unable now to drink alcohol. Okay, because they've got gargalesthesia. <laughs> I love it, John. Uh, is it the gargling anaesthetic when you have a sore throat? says another message as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Moving back over. Oh yeah, fear of gargoyles is another one. Study of gargoyles is another. Loving that. Something tells me it's got nothing to do with gargling or gargoyles. Well, I mean, come on. I can't give you something obvious. No. Like, <laughs> like 
can we keep raising the game every month? Like, and may, honestly, I'm very disappointed with this word this month uh, because great suggestions, nothing wrong with the listeners, but I was really hoping that you wouldn't be able to pronounce it. So, <laughs> I'm devastated uh, that you yes. got it right. I got it right. Fantastic. For once, I got the mystery word pronunciation right. <laughs> I, I, like literally, I was scanning because I keep a list of these weird words because I'm like, oh, that would be a good one for the radio. And I was like, right, I've got to pick one that really makes her tongue twisted. I'm like, it's just, I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all, Sinead. Oh, <laughs> you need listen, to be worse next time. It's, yeah, it's, that's definitely going to happen. It's me. It's it guaranteed. Well, you know, if all else fails, I do know a couple of phrases you can't say, so we can come back to those. <laughs> anyway, what does this actually mean? Okay. Nothing to do with gargles or gargling, but I love the suggestions. Well done, everybody. Um, Gargalesthesia is the sensation caused when one is tickled. <gasps> we did have one message from Jessica coming in. And you know what? I just I've only just remembered it. And I was sort of going, that's a bit of a strange one. She says it means harder laughing when tickling someone. Yeah, she's on the right track. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how she, I genuinely don't know how she got it because even the origin of the word is a bit obscure, I think. Um, so it's a medical term and it comes from Greek. So well, maybe she's maybe she knows some Greek uh, and it combines two words. So gargalos means itching in Greek. Oh. You know, and itching's not even the same as tickling, really. No. I mean, if you feel like you're being itched, they're doing it wrong. And <laughs> aesthesia, so like, just like anesthesia, the feeling of, right? So it's the feeling of being itched or tickled. Um, but there's two lovely related words as well, uh, which I'd never come across before either. There's gargalesis, which means heavy tickling, and kinemesis, which means light tickling. Okay. So there's, there's gradations in the tickling as well, which I, <laughs> I suppose does make sense as well. But yeah, gargalesthesia, it's, it's how you feel when you're being tickled. Wow. So, you know, when you're able, like when you're being tickled and, you know, you can't even talk. Could you imagine saying, stop with that gargalesthesia? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'll, I'll just stick with sort of muffles. <laughs> no, stop. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, no, gargalesthesia. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know why they need a medical term for it either. No, it's very, I don't know. very kind of sterile, that word. It really, really yeah. is. Grace, as always, thank you so much for all of those fascinating stories behind words. Have a great Halloween and we'll chat to you next month. I certainly will. I hope you all have a lovely spooky time. The 11 to 1 Show. Listen in to LMFM's Real Reviews every... Dermot Kennedy. Just don't forget me. Don't forget me on LMFM's 11 to 1. There is a great Halloween party on the way on Sunday at the Gourmet Food Parlour in Dunshockland. I want you to go along. I'm going to give you details of the tickets right after Job Search. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes. Backed by Bordgosh Energy. Replace your old inefficient gas boiler with Local Heroes. Visit localheroes.ie. PCI Pharma requires general operators to join their production team at their City North facility in Stamullen. Day shift and night shift available. To apply, please email careers-dub at pci.com. The details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes backed by Gosh Energy for gas boilers, heat pumps and electric vehicle charge point installation. Visit localheroes.ie.
Now, if you want to do something this Halloween weekend, why not go along to the Halloween fancy dress party happening this Sunday afternoon from 4 till 6.30pm at the Gourmet Food Parlour Dunshockland. There's unlimited mimosas. Cur Royale cocktails, sharing platters and prizes for the best fancy dress. I'm giving you the chance to win a set of tickets to the great event. They are valued, by the way, at €90. All you have to do is figure out what is it that I'm dressing up as for the party. So I have a long black cape. It ties at the neck. I've slicked my hair back with gel. I've painted my face white. I'm wearing a red velvet waistcoat. There's a white shirt underneath and black trousers. Oh, I've almost forgotten. I have some fake fans as well with food colouring on them to look like blood. Okay, now I'm ready. But what am I dressed up as? 086 1800 658. We're going to be picking a winner for those tickets very, very shortly. The 11 to 1 show. There's Boyzone, no matter what I can say. Justine Gray in Dundalk, you were going along to the Gourmet Food Parlour in Dunshocklin. Enjoy that fantastic party that's happening on Sunday. I was, of course, a vampire or Dracula. You could have said either one. Lots of you getting it on 086-1800-658. Don't worry, I will have another set of tickets up for grabs for that party on tomorrow's show. And you can find out more, by the way, gourmetfoodparlour.com forward slash Halloween. Tomorrow on the show, I'm very excited. Cormac Noonan uh, from Navin, his family, the Noonans, we had the Nugents last year, now we have the Noonans. They are taking part in Ireland's Fittest Family and the first episode is on Sunday, so we're going to catch a word with him ahead of that. And I'll be finding out more about this year's Lou Festival of Light. That's all coming up on tomorrow's show. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll chat to you tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. Choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, the best in motoring here for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.